This is Brother Metter, and it's good to be with you. I pray everyone's doing well. And I want to carry on in the teaching of the visitation that had about prayer. This happened two or three weeks ago. I think the first part of it was on July the 10th. So I guess probably, what, two weeks ago, give or take. So July the 10th, the Lord spoke to me. I believe that was on a Friday afternoon about 2.30. I heard the voice of the Lord speak inside of here. Lord, teach us to pray. I knew where the scripture was. Went and studied that out in Luke 11. Uh, then early Saturday morning, July the 11th, about 4.45 in the morning, the voice of the Lord spoke inside of me. And this is what the Lord said. Prayer is the relationship of my spirit with the soul of man. I am spirit and I created man, a spirit being, and prayer is the way that I ordained for the soul of man to communicate with me. And then the Lord took me into the scripture in Genesis 2, and seven, and this is what it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So, it was about a year or so ago that I was in prayer. I think we were at the church in LJ, and the Lord spoke into my spirit, he said, when I breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, he said, I breathe an essence of my spirit inside of man. So there is an essence or a nature of God that has been breathed inside of us. And this is what, why, whether you're Christian, whether you've had an experience with God, doesn't matter. There is something put in every soul that is like an essence of God that causes man to long for his creator, causes man to long for that relationship and that intimacy with his creator. And when the Lord told me on July the 11th that he created man, a spirit being, and that prayer was the way that he had, uh, he had made man a spirit being in prayer was the relationship. Prayer was the communication. Now you've got to remember God is spirit. God is spirit. So when he relates to us or have a relationship or communion with us, it has to be by the spirit. It can't be by the spirit to the carnal man. It can't be by the spirit to the carnal mind. It's got to be by God being spirit to the soul or to our spirit being. We were created a spirit being. What you see sitting here is the tabernacle. It's the temple. It's the house. It's the building that God gave us so that we could be functional on this earth. 
But the real us, the real you, is your spirit being on the inside. And when it comes to prayer, we struggle so many times in so many ways trying to have that communion or that relationship with God. And it's simply because of the carnal man and the carnal mind. It's that enmity that was put between God and man when man became disobedient. God just did not let him return back to the place that he had created him. He created him immortal, eternal, and for his flesh not to corrupt. You've got to understand Adam's years were not counted until after he sinned. We don't know how long Adam lived. If you understand that creation was 6,000 years, that every day was as 1,000 years, and Adam was created on the sixth day, and so was Eve, but they were created at different times. And the seventh day, God rested. Well, that full dominion and authority and power of God rested in man on that seventh day. So for a period of a 1,000 years, God rested in man. And we don't know how long after that because we don't know how long it was after God rested that man sinned or he became disobedient to God's word. We don't know how long it was. There's nothing to give us a time frame. All that we know is God told man in the day that you touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eat of it, you're going to die. And that's what happened. Adam began to die. spirit. He died spiritually and he began to die naturally. That's the reason from Adam's day forward, man's years began to decrease. He slowly died and became mortal. He became mortal. He was not that spirit being that God could uh, communicate with. The Bible tells us that uh, in the cool of the day, God called out to Adam to commune with him. And this was something God done probably on a regular basis. But after that man had sinned, he ran and hid from God when he heard his voice. So it broke that relationship. It broke that communion. And man could no longer commune with God in the manner that he had because he had transgressed. So Prayer is still our relationship with God. It's still how we communicate with him. But because that man sinned and God brought in the carnal mind, he put that opposition there, that if man was going to have relationship with him, he was going to work for it and fight for it because he was going to have to overcome the opposition or the enmity, which Romans 8 will tell you the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So your carnal mind or your, your flesh, man, your the, the spirit of man has a will. It has a nature, and that nature is not subject to the law of God. So when we go to prayer, it's a warfare. It's a warfare till we come into the knowledge and understanding of how to yield ourselves over to our spirit, man, and let him take control and let him take over and let the spirit of God that's inside of our soul begin to cry out to God. you got a soul on the inside of you and either the spirit of man or the spirit of God, one is going to live in there and dominate. One or the other, whichever one you feed the most. Whichever one that you yield over to, 
is the one that's going to dominate in your everyday life. And I'm coming to the place that I'm striving to be in prayer three times a day, be in study the majority of the day, seeking the face of God, wanting the mind and will of God to know what to do in the situation and circumstance we're in. And I'm not moving. I'm not running. I'm not uh, going somewhere and preaching revival. I may preach a service here or there, but the Lord said, be still. The Lord said, be still. And that's what he wants us to do. And that's what he expects us to do is be still and seek his face. And that's what I'm doing because we need answers for our nation. I'm not worried about COVID. God said that he sent COVID and that when his people was obedient to his voice about the COVID or about what he was wanting them to do, the COVID would leave. I expect something to happen with the COVID and just like that, it's going to flip. You're going to forget it was ever here. You said, Brother Matter, it won't happen. Well, we'll see. That's what I feel like God put in my spirit. And we'll walk it out and see. And, you know, I've said things over the years and people have criticized and they've come against it. And all I say to them, I said, well, let's see who's standing when the smoke clears. Because see, when God speaks to me, I believe God. I learned God's voice early on. I've been serving God 48 plus years, going on 49, and I know that voice. I know that feeling. I know the working of his spirit, and when it speaks on the inside of me, or when it speaks audible, whatever it does, there is a feeling, there is a knowing, there is an understanding when God speaks to me, and I'll stand on it every time. Doesn't matter what you say, does not matter what your opinion is, does not matter. I don't need your approval to do what God has chosen me to do and what God's spoken to me to do. That's not being rude. That's just knowing that when God speaks to me, I'm going to be obedient. Doesn't matter how you feel. Doesn't matter your opinion. You know, it's like we used to say uh, several years back, and we I said it a lot before I come to the Lord, I try not to come across as rude and brash. And sometimes, you know, it just happens that way. My wife will tell me, you need to work on your diplomatic skills. I said, there's nothing wrong with my diplomatic skills. I said, it's just whether I want to use them or not. And there's times I'm not diplomatic. I'm just straight to the point. And there's times I try to be diplomatic. But, you know, uh, somebody would voice an opinion and we'd look at them and say, well, that's just a matter of opinion. And it's my opinion and yours don't matter. And that's the way I looked at things for a lot of years. When, you know, I was a teenager growing up into early adulthood, they, they would say, well, this is my opinion. I said, yeah, and it's a matter of opinion and yours don't matter. So uh, I try not to be that way. But when it comes to the Lord and I know God spoke to me, your opinion does not matter. What you think doesn't matter if it's going to try to hinder what God has put in my spirit. And if God's spoken something into my spirit or spoke the word of the Lord to me and tells me to speak it and, and I put it out there, then I will walk it out believing God that what he spoke to me is the truth. That's just the way I am. But I want to see people get back to prayer and seeking God. I want to see this revelation of God making us 
spirit beings get a hold of your soul. I want to see it get down on the inside of you and you come to understand that you are a spirit being and there is a God that is placed, an essence of his nature, an essence of his spirit, which is the nature of God on the inside of you. And he's drawing you and wooing you to have relationship with him. And it is a warfare. It is a fight. It is something you've got to learn to do and learn to yield over to the working of the Spirit of God. Uh, all of us go through these things about prayer, that prayer's not easy. And we know it's not easy. But once we learn to yield over to the working of the Holy Ghost and the working of our spirit man and let the Spirit begin to take over, then we can get in that flow. You call it a prayer language. You call it a prayer life. You call it an anointing to pray, a spirit of prayer. You call it whatever you want to. But I've spent too many hours butting my head against a brick wall and getting nowhere and finally getting up off of my knees or uh, just telling myself, well, the spirit of prayer ain't here tonight and it's not going to work. Well, there's a lot of times the reason the spirit of prayer doesn't move is because we've not learned how to yield over to the spirit being on the inside of us. So we need to learn to yield. We need to pray for wisdom. And I'll tell you, this is a fight. This is a warfare. This is seeking God and crying out for wisdom and knowledge and understanding. It's crying out to learn what to do, to learn how to pray, to learn how to be quiet when it's time to be quiet and let the spirit being take over and quit trying to pray because I don't care who you are. When we go to prayer, we start out in the carnal mind. We start out in carnal thoughts. We start out relating our problems of the carnal man to God. And usually we're in prayer 10, 15, 20 minutes before we ever get to spiritual matters if we ever get there, because if we don't get a certain feeling, and we don't get a uh, certain persona and get a certain inflection in our voice, and and then we tell ourselves we're not praying. We're not praying. We're not seeking God. We're not crying out to God. We're not getting anywhere in prayer. So, uh, I want you to start seeking God to give you understanding about prayer and about your spirit man praying. And I'm going to go to Romans, the eighth chapter, and I'm going to go to the 26th verse. And it says, likewise, the spirit, which is indication of the spirit of God or the Holy Ghost, also help us our infirmities. Now the word, their infirmities means weaknesses. And when the Lord first gave this to me, he gave me this scripture when I was studying this out, put it in my spirit. But when, when I looked, and I knew that word infirmities is weaknesses. It's not physical weaknesses. It's spiritual weaknesses. And then the Lord spoke into my spirit, ignorance. So the spirit of God that's inside of our soul or our spirit man moves in when he can when we yield over to him 
and he begins to help our weaknesses and our ignorance. Because I'm going to tell you the things God's teaching me in prayer. I found out even after 48 years and after many hours of prayer, there's still things I'm ignorant about. Whether you want to admit that or not, that's up to you. But, you know, when God shows me something, I don't have any trouble whatsoever opening up and confessing it. And I will tell you things to try to help you. So it says, likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities, helps our weaknesses, help our ignorance. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You don't know what to pray to help your spirit man. You don't know what you need in your spirit man because we are praying from a natural standpoint. We're praying from the spirit of man standpoint or the carnal mind standpoint. That's how we start out. I tell people, don't just uh, start out cold turkey in prayer. I said, put on some praise music if that's your thing. Put on some good Holy Ghost preaching. Put on the word. Put on the prophecy. Do something. Warm your spirit man up. Or I tell them, take a, take a warm-up lap. Take a lap around the track. Start getting yourself warmed up. When a runner's going to run, he will uh, do a warm-up lap or he will do exercise, calisthenics, stretch, move, get his muscles warm, get his blood flowing uh, to prevent injury, to prevent him from going out there and starting off cold turkey. Well, when we go to prayer so many times, we just go drop down on our knees and start cold turkey. And a lot of you, you got a religious form of prayer and you just drop down on your knees, start talking in tongues. Your mind is nowhere on the Spirit. The Spirit of God isn't anywhere in your thoughts, but yet you will go drop down on your knees and just start off 100 mile an hour talking in tongues. It's nothing but religious habits. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere and just talking in tongues, as I covered last time, is not praying in the Spirit. So we need to learn how to do these things. We need to learn to yield over. You know, the Bible teaches us to yield our members as instruments of righteousness. It teaches us to yield to the Spirit. Well, you can learn to yield to the Spirit in prayer as you go into prayer and start asking for the Spirit man, for your spirit being to take over. Start asking for your soul to have that relationship with God, strive for understanding to get in communion with God in the Spirit and don't just keep dropping into old habits and trying to get in a spirit of prayer by shouting or tongue-talking or all kind of loud. It's carnal. It's not going to work. Learn to yield your mind. Learn to yield your members. Like it says here, for the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our ignorances, our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. See, if you're going to pray and get somewhere with God, then what the Spirit man needs has to be prayed. It has to be revealed. 
You have to talk from your soul, from your spirit man. And as long as your carnal man's talking, your spirit man can't. As long as your carnal man's praying, your spirit man can't. That's the reason Paul said, I will pray in my understanding and I will pray in the spirit also. So when you get through talking and your carnal man gets through talking and you feel that moving and that working of the Holy Ghost and you begin to yield over to it, it's not just tongues, children. I have prayed in my understanding and knew that it was the anointing of prayer. It was the Spirit of God praying out of me, but I have also prayed uh, in the Spirit. Uh, that's what I call praying in the Spirit, but I've also prayed in tongues. There's a difference between praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit. It's just like somebody getting up and testifying. There can be no anointing whatsoever, but then the Spirit of God move on them and anoint them. It's not them any longer speaking. It's the Spirit being speaking by the unction of the Holy Ghost. So we need to give God a space to teach us. We need to give God understanding uh, uh, have him open our understanding, have him speak to us. This is all brand new to me. Learning to pray in the spirit or learning to yield over that my, uh, that my spirit being can pray is different. It's different. It's, uh, it, it only happens. This is the reason you hit such hardships in prayer and you'll battle in war and feels like you're beating your head against a brick wall. There's a hardness there. There's something there. But then if you keep pressing, most of the time, most of the time, your spirit man will begin to pray. Your spirit being will begin to pray. Or there's times you go get in prayer and, and like that, the spirit of God on the inside of you will begin to pray through your spirit man. He will begin to pray out of you. And that's when you feel like you're praying. That's when you feel like you've touched God and moved God and you have because your spirit being is relating to God. You're not having to go through an intercessor. When the real spirit of prayer moves in, when the real working of the Holy Ghost takes over your spirit being and it begins to pray and there's a flow, you're not praying through that mediator. You're not praying through that mediator. When you pray through that mediator, it's because you're struggling. It's because you're not getting your thoughts uh organized and yielded over to your spirit being and it's not flowing straight to the throne of God. You're having to go through that man, Christ Jesus, and he's having to mediate or break down your prayers. But when your spirit being begins to pray, there's no need for a mediator and you can pray like that and get in prayer. I've gotten in prayer like that for hours and when I come out of that prayer, I knew God had heard me because we were in communion. We were in relationship. We were in a flow and a working of the Spirit of God. There was something flowing. I hope you're following what I'm saying. We are spirit beings, but the carnal man has dominated us for so long, and we've gotten bound by so many traditions and doctrines of men that we got to go to prayer a certain way. We've got to be in a certain position. We got to sound a certain way. We got to pray a certain amount of time. And there's just nothing to all that. It's simply getting in that place that your spirit man, your spirit being, 
can have relation and communion with the Father. That's what it all boils down to. That's what it all boils down to. So we've got to learn how to do this. So we've got to learn here how to let the spirit being that's in us open up for the spirit of God to flow through, for the, for the spirit of God to anoint, quicken, however you want to put it, quicken our spirit being, and then there's a flow. The spirit helps our infirmities, helps our weakness, helps our bondage, helps all these doctrines and traditions that's got in our mind about prayer. And there's people that want to pray because they know it's work, but they don't want to pray because in their mind they've got to pray 30 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half or two hours. They've got to be in a certain uh, position. They've got to get a certain inflection in their voice. Uh, they've got to sound the same way the same time every time they pray. None of that is the working of the Spirit of God. That's all doctrines and traditions we've learned and the quicker we get rid of it, the quicker we overcome these things, the quicker we learn to yield over to our spirit being praying, the further along we're going to get in our relationship with God. We need God to help our infirmities. We need God to help our ignorances. And we need to learn, children of God, that God has given us weapons to fight with. So now I'm going to 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, very familiar scriptures, and I'm going to exhort on these for a little bit, and I'm hoping this is helping you because none of us is just going to come in, drop down, go to prayer, and get in that instant relationship and that instant communion with the Father unless the Father just moves through us, unless the Holy Ghost just moves through us. But most of the time we're battling carnality, we're battling pressures, we're battling anxieties, we're battling problems, we're battling upsetnesses, well, we're battling things that have gone wrong in our life, and we're having to work through a lot of emotions. So we need God to help us, help our infirmities, help our ignorance, help our lack of understanding, and that's why you need to pray for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that I gave you in Ephesians 1, 17, 18, and 19 last time. Get in those scriptures, study them, and start asking God to help your infirmities. Well, Brother Matter, I don't want to admit I'm weak. Well, you are when it comes to the things of God. God told us in Isaiah 55, he said, your thoughts ain't my thoughts. Your ways ain't my ways. He said, it's high, higher than the heavens are to the, from the earth. That's how much higher my thoughts are than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. So there, God was telling you, I don't have anything in common with you. I'm not on your wavelength. I'm not in your thought process. I don't do things the way you do. So we have got to learn to yield over to this spirit being on the inside of us that that essence of God is thirsting and hungering and reaching out to be connected with its creator and, and give it a passage, give it the privilege, give it the freedom and the liberty to pray and quit trying to pray the way you think you ought to and say the things you think you need to say. Let the spirit inside of you begin to move. Let it begin to pray. Let it get loose. Let it get set at liberty. And let it seek the face of God and find that relationship. The more you do this, the more you get in the relationship with God, the more you're going to grow spiritually. Now, uh, going to 2 Corinthians 10th chapter, 
And I'm going to begin at the third verse. And it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Now that's a key right there. We've got to teach ourselves not to war after the flesh. You can't war after the flesh and walk with God continually. You can't, you can't war after the flesh. You can't desire the things of the flesh. You can't allow uh, thoughts and processes and fantasies and things that's going to separate you from God. It's what the Bible teaches us in Titus 2 and verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we can live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So you learn to deny ungodliness. You learn to deny worldly lust. You can't control the thoughts that come to your mind, but once they come, you can put them down. You can rebuke them. You can put them out. You can bind Satan. You can cast those thoughts away from you. You can deny ungodliness. You can deny worldly lust, and you can get your mind on God, yield yourself over to the working of the Spirit being on the inside of you, let it begin to reach for God. You reach for God for wisdom and understanding. See, this is all a warfare, children, till we come to knowledge and wisdom and understanding of the working of the spirit being on the inside of us. This is all new. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a war. It's going to be a challenge. But if you want a relationship with God, this is what you got to do. This is where you got to go. This is how you got to come forward. So, for though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What are the weapons of your warfare? Well, two of the biggest weapons you have is prayer. And I would say that's probably your biggest is prayer. And prophecy is a weapon. Prophecy is a weapon. Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, take the prophecies that have gone before on thee and by these prophecies, war a good warfare. War a good warfare. Fight for what God's told you. See, when the Lord speaks to me, I write it down. I write it down. I go back and study it continually. And I tell God, this is what you told me. This is what you told me that you were going to do. This is what you told me you were going to do in my life. This is what type of ministry. This is how you told me you're going to work through me and with me. And I take that weapon of my warfare, which is a prophecy, and I keep bringing it back to God. And then when I put that out there, I said, now you've got to teach me how to do this. You've got to teach me how to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to teach me how to lay hold on eternal life. You've got to teach me how to come forward in the working of your spirit because I know that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal because I cannot fight the carnal mind with carnal weapons. I can't do it. And so many people try to fight a spiritual battle with a carnal mind, with carnal weapons. They try to fight a spiritual battle through emotions. And when you get emotions in a spiritual battle, you open a door for the devil to wear you out. The devil gets in and works through your emotions. He magnifies them. Uh, you give him the avenue to condemn. You give him the avenue to uh, tear you down, to pull you down, to get imaginations 
in your mind, and this is where Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God. They're mighty through the Spirit to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations. Children, prayer is that weapon. Using prophecy is a weapon. Learning to communicate and relate with God through your spirit being that you know what you're capable of in prayer and through the word. The word is one of the greatest weapons you got. It's the sword of the spirit. So let's get versed in, in prayer. Let's get versed in uh, the prophecies that's gone before us and in the sword of the spirit and learn to take that shield of faith whereby you quench the fiery darts of that wicked one. These are weapons God has given us, children, that we don't use. We need to learn how to use these weapons. You don't go into battle with weapons you don't know how to use that are not proven in battle. But so many of us, we've never learned to fight in prayer. We've never learned strategy. We've never learned to uh, implement strategy, put a battle plan in action because the warfare is in your mind. The battle is in your mind and so many people think that what goes on in their mind are just thoughts. No, they're carnality, they're Satan's thoughts getting in through your emotions to tear you down, to destroy you, to pull you down, to uh, get you to quit, to get you to give up, to get you to go under condemnation. So you go to verse 5 in 2 Corinthians 10 and it says, casting down imaginations. Well, where are the imaginations? They're up here. The battlefield of your mind, the warfare of your mind casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. So the knowledge of God is in your spirit. It gets in your mind. And if you give Satan room, he will get up here and sit and he will rule and he will reign and he will make himself out to be your God. He will make himself out. And if you give him control, he will control you. He will control you. It's that high thing. It's those spiritual wickedness in high places is fighting against the rulers of darkness against this world and principalities and powers of the air and, and, and the dark, the rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. So everything sits in them high places. And, it, and when you start quoting the word and you start believing the word and the spirit quickens the word, then whatever's sitting in that high place, it, it's going to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. It's going to tell you it won't work. It won't work. You've got to put that word out there and drive these thoughts, drive these forces, drive this mindset, cast down these imaginations, pull down these strongholds, get rid of them, children, because it's what hinders your prayer. It's what hinders your relationship with God because the devil knows if you ever connect and you ever get in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, and I'm talking about on a daily basis, and you start getting in it two or three times a day, he sunk. He sunk. He can't override this. He can't overcome this because we're in a relationship. And when you get in a real relationship and you're really in love, you're committed to one. You're committed to Christ. You're committed to Christ in prayer, in that relationship. And this high thing in your mind exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what we've got to do. Every, every thought, every thought 
that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. It's got to be reined in and it's got to be brought into obedience under Christ. It's got to be brought into obedience. These imaginations, they've got to be casting down. What did he say? Casting down imaginations and every high thing, pulling down strongholds. God wants to take you into prayer where your spirit being can begin to pray, where your spirit being can get to that place that he needs to pray and seek the face of God, and you make that connection. You make that connection. Right now, the majority of our prayer, we got to pray through that mediator. we got to pray through Jesus, the man. we got to pray through uh, that in, I believe it's, what, Second Timothy or First Timothy 2 and 5. There's one God and one mediator between God and God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And when we go to prayer, that man Christ Jesus is right there. He understands man because he is a man. He walked this, he, he wore through this carnal mind. He walked through being attacked by this sin nature. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Some of you don't agree with that. That's your prerogative. But he was made just like us to teach us how to overcome to teach us how to conquer and overcome and be made an overcomer over all things. He's conquered the lust of the flesh, the pride of the life, and the lust of the eyes. He's conquered it. He overcame it in John 16 and 33. He said, in the world you have tribulation, in me you have peace, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And then in 1 John 2, Long about 15, it says all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And he said, I overcame the world. He overcame the world. He overcame what was in man to become that vessel that God could live in and use and he could destroy and conquer sin in the flesh that he could be our example. So God is taking us somewhere if we'll go. Right now we're having to pray in Jesus that mediator, that man, Christ Jesus, that God and man mixed, has to relate to the Father what we're saying because the, the Father don't understand us. He does not understand the spirit of man. It's carnal. He don't understand us. We don't know the things of God. He don't. He can't understand how we're... So Jesus, being a man, relates, intercedes, translates, if you want to, and then when the father understands what he's saying, he brings it back through the mediator and the mediator reveals it to us. But we don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay with that go-between. We don't have to stay there. If we can ever get our spirit being to begin to pray, to begin to yield over to the working of the spirit of God, and God gives us, gives us glimpses of this from time to time. This is when you get a breakthrough in prayer. This is when you know you have really... Uh, had a breakthrough, you've had a prayer meeting, you've been in the spirit of prayer and anointed to pray, whatever you want to call it, you got loosed into it and you know you got some requests put through. Why does God do this? To encourage us, strengthen us, and teach us. So now that God is revealing new knowledge, new wisdom, new understanding, let's learn. Let's learn. Let's come forward. Let's come forward, children. And learn and start asking God to teach us how to let our spirit being get turned loose in prayer. To get our spirit being to learn to yield that we can pray in the spirit like Paul said. 
He said, I pray in my understanding, and I pray in the Spirit also. We need to learn to pray both ways. And as, our, as, our, as we prayed in our understanding, then ask God to give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding to let the Spirit man pray. Then we can pray in the Spirit. We can pray in the Spirit. I pray this is helping you. I don't know that I will do another one on prayer. It just depends on how the Lord leads me. Um, there's a lot of short ones out there. This is one of the, uh, I've done one long one on the 19th. And this is uh, the second part of that one. I don't know how I'll title it yet. But get this, get it in your spirit. Get the word in your spirit. Study it and learn to keep your mind stayed upon the Lord. The only way you're going to have peace, the Lord said in Isaiah 26 and 3, the Lord will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed upon the Lord. The man whose mind has stayed upon the Lord, the Lord's going to keep him in perfect peace because he trusteth in him. I pray this has been a blessing to you. May God bless you. Let this word get in your spirit. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for listening. All of you out there that are supporting us, helping send this word forward, helping us get ready to go to Kenya. We thank you for it. May God bless you for everything you do and everything you're doing to help this ministry. Praying for us, praying for our physical man, praying for our mental, spiritual, praying that God move in the finances. You say, Brother Matter, I don't have any. You can pray. You get in this spirit of prayer. You, you get your spirit man praying and your spirit man starts reaching out for God to help us go win those souls. It goes a long way. So I'm praying for you. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for joining in with us. Uh, I pray God's blessing, strength, and wisdom, and understanding on your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Go with God. Walk up right before him. Keep his word. And I know he'll go with you. May God bless you.